You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. The Guided Goals Podcast gives you the tools, direction, and resources you need to pursue your passion project. I'm Deborah Eckerling, Project Catalyst, and this is the Guided Goals Podcast. Our guest today is Jennifer Burson, and we're going to talk about using social media for research. Jen is the president and founder of Generation PR, a public relations and social media marketing firm specializing in promoting beauty, baby, and lifestyle brands. And prior to funding, founding, prior to founding Generation PR in 2005, Jennifer was a civil litigation attorney in LA. Wow, that's quite a jump. Yes, it is. Not super logical, right? Uh, uh, totally logical. But, <laughs> but what led, before we get into anything else, why? I mean, uh, <laughs> that could be a whole 20-minute podcast in and of itself, but let me try to give you the short answer. Um, back then, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids, but I knew that ultimately I did want to have a family, and I felt like there were a number of reasons why law wasn't the ideal fit for me. It just didn't feel like a career. felt more like a job. I didn't see a lot of women that had the kind of balance and, and family life that I was looking to ultimately have. And I kind of fell into PR. I started promoting a brand on the side, unpaid, some product that I really believed in. It was a, a fragrance company. And I loved the work so much. I loved the immediacy of the results. I loved the impact it made on my client's business. And I wasn't getting paid to do it. And I thought if I could actually get paid to do this, that would be the best job ever. Um, and so contrary to um, what my parents were hoping for me, <laughs> I left my job in law and I felt that was 2005 and I felt like I could always go back and it didn't feel like a huge risk to me. And I said, I can, you know, give this a try and see what happens. And my very first client, my very first paid client was a baby brand called Little Giraffe. It's a very upscale um, luxury baby accessories manufacturer. And I went to them and I said, I'm going to work really hard. I believe in your product. Um, hire me for three months. I'll come in at half of what market rate is. And if you like what I do, let's reevaluate. And they did. And um, I'm still working with them to this day. It's been 11 years. And that's really what this podcast and Guided Goals is all about. It's if you if you've got a day job that maybe you like, maybe you love, maybe you're eh, but then you you start something on the side, and that can develop into anything, especially if that's where your heart and your soul lies, which apparently is what happened for you, which transitions us into our topic about using social media for research. And so, would you care to elaborate in your thoughts on that? Oh, well, social media it has been an incredible innovation and amazing tool. You know, not just with for connecting with other people, which I can honestly say I've made real life friendships, people that I see in person that we say, ironically, we met on Twitter and people just can't imagine how you could make a friendship on Twitter. But social media is a very powerful, in addition to Google, but it's a very powerful research tool, um, you know, networking tool. You can test proof of concept. You can really save yourself a lot of money 
pursuing a specific concept by actually just questioning on social media and getting feedback from an audience to see if it's a viable topic of a business you want to launch or a product you want to launch, um, getting popular opinion on things. I personally just um, launched a, a Facebook group. Um, I've been wanting to connect with entrepreneurs and answer questions. I get asked a lot of the same questions all the time and I'm happy to answer them, but you know, time is our biggest resource. And I find myself repeating the same thing a lot, which um, I thought, well, if I could find a way to talk to a, a large group of people at once and kind of share, I'm happy to give information, happy to share tips and know-how, happy to share media opportunities, but it's easier to reach a group. And so I founded this Facebook group called Generation Entrepreneurs. They're my generation insiders. And it's really only been just over a week, which I know sounds like no proof of concept at all, but I have this incredibly engaged community. And not only are they answering my questions and um, engaging in my own exercises, but they're communicating with each other and they're learning a lot about different industries through each other. So kind of this is how I made it happen in my industry. This is how I, how I do it in my industry. So they're, they're learning a lot outside of their own little world. And for me, I'm finding it's an amazing resource, uh, research tool for me, this group, because I'm working on digital content and I'm able to figure out from this group what they want and what they need. And um, they're, you know, either I'm asking the question and they're giving me answers or they're going on and asking unsolicited questions, you know, themselves. Like, in fact, right before I jumped on, um, somebody posted a question about how to connect with influencers, what's the right approach. And they had done some research and they had been online and found some good targets and had a good idea of who they wanted to connect with and, and how to go about it. But they wanted to understand the process. And they posted the question. And within two minutes, there were six or seven people thumbs up and liking it, which means they're probably all interested in that topic too. So for me, this group is serving as research in order to develop the right kinds of um, products and information that people actually are interested in knowing about. So if you have a business you're developing, now is a page better or a group better? You know, because I do have an Instagram, a fan page, and I do have um, now this group, and the engagement on the group has been tenfold of what my my fan page has ever been. So, um, you know, it's it's been an interesting experiment, and I'm learning a lot from it. Um, and I think it's, it's a great way to test a new business idea, just any, any social media. I mean, you can, you can post polls on Twitter. Um, you can, you know, post a lot of, um, different content on Instagram with feedback and, and direct people to a specific link. If it's a survey, I've done that before too, kind of pulled my social media audience to get an idea of what they're interested in as well. It's kind of, how do you want to drive the traffic to ask the questions? You can have them post on an image. You can have them engage in a group setting or have them um, answer a survey. Okay. So what other things other than doing research to build your business would people use social media for? Well, um, I've had a lot of success using social media to connect with editors. So, you know, we're, we're a PR firm and we pay for this comprehensive database. It's expensive and, and businesses, small businesses wouldn't have access to that. So it does help us cut to the chase. But sometimes I'm trying to pitch a specific story, let's say for Forbes or Business Insider, and that contact is a freelancer and they're not in our databases. And so 
if I find an article that I like, usually if you're thinking about where your business should be in the media, when you're reading an article, a light bulb usually goes off in your head and you say, they should be, they should know about me. They should know about my business or they wrote about this. They probably would be interested in my story as well. And you can kind of think about how your story or content applies to that writer's article. So if you really resonate with that topic, and sometimes writers cover the same thing over and over again, and it's pretty formulaic, but each story is interesting and that's what makes it unique. So you read one of these stories and you see who writes it, if it's a freelancer or a staff writer, and they always include their Twitter handle. That's a new thing that's happening online. So personally, I have followed um, writers on Forbes and Business Insider and Yahoo Finance, and I'll start to engage with their content. So if they write about something that resonates with my audience, I'll tweet it, I'll share it, and I'll add a little bit of my own commentary to it. So they start to see me and they start to see that I'm genuinely engaging with their content. And then after a couple weeks or so, you know, maybe there's a little conversation or they'll thank me on social media for sharing their content. And then I'll send a pitch to them. And it's going to follow pretty specifically the format of the content that they're already covering and why my story resonates. And I did that very thing using social media as research to find these relevant, con- these relevant contacts, engaging with them through social, and then pitching them. And I got an amazing feature on Business Insider and Yahoo that way. And then I recently had a really awesome tip-driven article. So I shared um, DIY approaches to entrepreneurial PR on Forbes through a writer. And she was very funny in how she presented me. She kind of said that um, she's a, she has a PR firm, but she also has a column on Forbes. But she said, I'm essentially a competitor to her. But um, she felt compelled to share these tips because she thought they were really useful. And I just sent, I thought she was just going to quote me. I didn't know she was literally going to take my whole email. All the, I sent her a bunch of ideas thinking maybe she would choose one or two and fold it into a bigger story. But she literally ran my whole email point for point. And it's been, it's been great. I'm getting a lot of traction from it. A lot of, you know, it gives you a lot of credibility. And that literally started from just following on social media and doing my research there and sharing their content and understanding what the writer is going to cover and formulating content that was very valuable to them and useful for their audience. So it didn't, I didn't need to be a, a publicist with all this experience to do that. Um, it's, it's really just about kind of focusing in on a few outlets that really matter to you and figuring out how to make connections using social media to um, forge those relationships. The, the thing that I just want to emphasize is you said genuine. You need yes. to be genuinely engaged with their content because yes. if you're just going through and being automatic and saying, oh, I've got this list of all these cool people, but you're you're just being generic, Yeah, it's not going to fly, right? It's not going to fly and it starts to, you know, it becomes very transparent what you're doing, which is why we go for, for quality over quantity. Um, you know, you, you can, I tell my clients to create a target wish list, like the top 10 wish list of where they want to be. And nobody knows their brand better than the founder of the company or better than the company itself. And so you can start to say like, I really want to be here. We try to set realistic goals, but I think the same approach works for individuals that want to connect with the media and saying, you know, maybe you're not ready for Oprah magazine, but you could be covered in a smaller blog and kind of build up on these things cumulatively and focus in on a few outlets that you know are a good fit for you because your 
reading them and that content's resonating with you. And then I love what you said and reiterated about being genuine because that author, they're going to start to see you engaging with their content. But if they go to your Twitter feed or your Facebook page and it's just spam of article, 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 it's not going to feel genuine and engaging. So, you know, choose quality outlets and choose a few and really invest in those relationships. And it does take time. It takes time when we do it as an agency and it takes time when you do it individually, but the results are so worth it that it's, it's worth the investment. All right, so we've discussed starting some sort of community to get feedback on what you should build and ways to engage with um, people in the media to get press for you. There, is there anything I missed out on as a good way to research or to use social media for research? Well, you can use social media hashtags and, tr and topics that are trending. I mean, it depends what you're trying to answer, what information you're trying to gain. But they're, you know, all social media posts are pretty much searchable. And Facebook is searchable, too. And they have implemented hashtags where I don't necessarily feel that a ton of hashtags on Facebook when you're posting content is great. I think it's clunky. And I've read research that shows that um, hashtags on Facebook actually leads to lower engagement. Maybe on an individual basis it may vary, but overall it's lower engagement. But it's still these topics are searchable. And so anything you really want to know about it's going to be up to date. It's going to be there for you. It's, you know, we've all gotten so used to answers on the red, at the ready with Google and social media takes it almost one step further and says, um, this is an opinion. These are opinions on it and how people feel about things versus what general information there is out there. So if you're looking to glean opinions and perceptions of things, social media can be a good way to do it. Or for example, if like my TV service is out, direct TV's down, I'll go on Twitter and see if other people are having that problem. It's just a very instant um, opportunity to get opinions and feedback of things that are currently happening. But it's also a little, it's a little dangerous because opinions form so quickly and misinformation gets spread so quickly. So you know, before you're retweeting things that aren't actually fact-checked, if it's something like on a breaking news story, just be a little careful about that. But um, it is a good place to see opinions unfold on live events and, and things like that. Well, and I would think also, yes, you use it for personal use, but if you are a, forgive the buzzword, thought leader mm -hmm. in your industry, you're going to want to be out there if there's something going on. And retweeting, resharing, or whatever, and something that, that I completely believe in, and I'm sure you agree because of what you just said, don't just retweet something. Click the yeah. link and read it. Read it. Because... Read it and look at the source and see where it's mm -hmm. coming from. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you do want to be it's, – it's this speed of information. It gets to be a little bit um, at, the, at the expense of accuracy – and that's a little bit frustrating. It's also um, what's the most sensational is going to get the most airplay. And we're kind of seeing that happen in the presidential election, which is a little bit scary and frustrating, too, not to talk politics. But, um, you know, it's, it's become less about quality of information and more about speed and quantity and who's there first, like who got it, who gave the information first, who discovered. It's almost like somebody very famous passes away and we're all really sad. And you mentioned it to somebody and they say, oh, I heard about that yesterday. And it's like yesterday's news is, is old. And so it's, it's a little like kind of frustrating. Um, but, you know, if you are a thought leader in a certain arena, 
it is good. I, I have in my Insta or my uh, Twitter feed, I have a column specifically of all of the um, the people that I really want to pay attention to. That so I have a column of just everybody that I follow, but then specific you know, news in, in my, in my tweet deck of things that I want to, if it's about PR industry, I have those people in a column. If it's about, you know, news, breaking news, I have that in a column so I can kind of filter the information a little bit better. And then again, if something comes up in my feed, I'm not going to blindly retweet it. We have to read it and kind of form our own opinions and see if it's worth, you know, worth including, but it is a great place to, to do research and kind of see opinions unfold and, and news unfold as it happens. And um, TweetDeck, uh, I will put that in the link. You can also use Twitter lists for people yes. to add. Yeah, or you can do that as well. Because uh, I have a Twitter list of all my guests. Oh, so, well, hopefully I'll be on it. <laughs> well, I think that is completely, you know, likely considering okay. you are one. But that's – and we, we've had um, – We've had a Twitter expert on. I'll link to that podcast as well. Okay. Uh, who talks about Twitter chats and Twitter lists, Madeline Sklar. So I'll make oh, sure yes. that link is in the show notes too. Work life balance. I mean, clearly you are passionate about what you do. Yes. Your gig started as a passion project that, that developed into a gig that you love. So, what do you do to make sure you have balance? My personal life has evolved so much since I started this business. Um, you know, I had, I got married and had two kids and, um, it's, you know, there's always some new challenge or something that comes up. Um, but you know, I kind of, I've actually written an article about this that I, I kind of feel that the word balance is BS. It's really hard because balance implies like some sort of equilibrium and that things are, are even. And I feel that if you're striving for balance, then you somewhat are always setting yourself up for failure because it's practically impossible. I think that, the best approach is to be present on whatever is in front of you at the moment. If you're working, you know, on, on your projects at work, be focused and, and immersed in that, you know, trying not to multitask, although we're all guilty of that. Um, but when I'm with my children, I want to be as present and focused on them as I possibly can be. And I do try to take time for myself as well. I'm actually really good at that. My husband and I are both really good at that and we support each other. And I went to a women's networking event last night. I've gone, um, with some girlfriends to an overnight, you know, going out of town and, um, whatever it is, if I need a girl's night out, my husband supports me in that in that regard. And I do the same for him. He plays tennis. He's actually going to play tennis tonight. Um, you know, whatever it is that we need, I just feel that you need to ask for it and otherwise you won't get it. And, um, I try not to beat myself up. I don't allow guilt to, to come into my thinking because guilt is not productive and it's not helpful. And, um, you know, it doesn't benefit me or anybody else. So I just try to say, I'm doing the best that I can do. And, it's never perfect. Um, there's never balance, but whatever's in front of me is going to have my attention, my full focus. And, you know, it's, it's hopefully going to be a lot of time with my children. And so, um, I'm very lucky to get to spend a lot of time with them. And I, I fashioned this career around that desire and I'm lucky that I'm able to do that. That's terrific. See, you. You, can, you can create the life you want. You just have yes. to make the decision to create the life you want. Yes, that's true. Okay. So I like to give our audience some goals, and I think that should be the first one is just to to um, embrace the life that you that you've chosen, 
And if it's not working for you, see what you need to do to tweak it so you have time for yourself and the things you love and you're not just working or working and working on your passion project to just give yourself a life, I guess. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's it's so important because you know, we as women, we're kind of the nucleus of the family. If you're, if you're a mom or if you're, you know, a wife or just even yourself, you're, you're really the nucleus. And if you're not rested and your best self, it's kind of like everything else around you crumbles um, in that wake. So I find that when I'm my best self, then everyone around me is their happiest. So I try to pay attention to what my needs are and meet them. (laughs) That's terrific. Okay, so now now that we've done the, I don't want to say the easy goal. No, so for the professional goal, there's so many different ways to take this. So I just say let's do a either start a group or join a group. Yes. And then if you're not if you're not already following some influencers and we did cut, do media coverage a few a few weeks back, depending on when this airs, so I'll link to that as well. But but to come up with a few people to follow that would be good press for you. Yeah, absolutely. And and asking your community who they follow and who who inspires them. Um, that's a great way to discover people and and figure out you know who do you follow, whose podcast do you listen to, and why. Um, and you'll discover a lot of really great resources out there that you may not have already known about. I love this. Ask your community for, for other people to follow. So you can use research to find out more places to do research. Bringing it full circle. I love I, it. <laughs> I love how meta that is. Thank so you, meta. Thank you so much, Jennifer Burson of Generation PR, for joining us today. This is Deborah Eckerling with the Guide to Goals podcast. And you can go to guidedgoals.com to read the show notes, get the links, and find out more about guided goals and how we can help you pursue the life that you want. So everyone, you know how to go out there, do some research now. So go on out there and go for it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.